Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we are very blessed to have the beautiful Michelle Bridges, a new mother with Axel and her mother by her side. As you will hear in the interview today and talk about a very down-to-earth conversation about life. Michelle Bridges, the girl from Newcastle who is now one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs, shares what she's learned on her own journey, providing real solutions to everyday challenges with her toolkits of insightful advice and practical life lessons. Whether you want to get a new job, find a partner, lose weight, or buy a house, she'll help you break down the barriers that block the path to reaching your goals. Michelle is a champion of change, encouraging small positive actions every day that empower you to be the best version of yourself. Her new book now, Make It Happen, and rather than focusing on fitness, it has more of a personal tone. The difference between the life you want and the life you have is you. Michelle Bridges knows what it feels like to face your fears, chase your dreams and handle setbacks. She's been there too and has come out stronger through self-belief, hard work and having a plan. So let's get into the show. I'm sure you're going to love it. Okay, Michelle Bridges, thank you so much for your time today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. And our point of fo- <laughs> our point of focus today is really about talking about your new book, Make It Happen. Um, would you like to start off with that and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, it's, um, it's the first time I've ever done a book like this. This is my 13th book and uh, it's a completely t- different um, offering than I've, that I've ever done and that's because it's not necessarily an ex- there's no exercise in it there's no recipes or meals or meal plans in it um, but there is a whole lot of mindset stuff which is you know I usually have a little bit of that in my book but this one is pretty much all of that um, it actually started from my keynote address I've been doing keynote addresses for some time now more than probably about two years and um I've had such good feedback that I thought, I'm going to invite my publicist along to one and see what she thinks. And she came away from it going, that's so a book, Michelle. That is so a book. So I thought, great. I had the basis or the foundation and then with the keynote address. And then from there, I just fleshed it out into chapters. And um, 
it was it was a fun process. It really was. So, in when you are doing your, your keynote address, what kind of topics are you speaking about? Well, I kind of kick it off with you know the the box that everyone puts me in that they think, okay, here we go. There's that girl from uh, that television show where she yells and screams at people, and they're doing push-ups and squats and lots of sweat, and so she's probably going to teach us how to do a squat and eat lettuce. And straight away, I'm like, and that ain't going to happen today. Yep, that's a big part of what I do, of course. Um, big believer in exercise and a big believer in nutrition, but those two things don't really go anywhere unless we can work out what's going on upstairs and what's holding you back. So the conversation that I have with you today uh, will lend itself not just to exercise, it'll lend itself to your career, business, um, relationships with others, family members, relationships, ultimately relationships with yourself. But it will also lend itself to fitness and health if you want it to. So it just all depends on what you're looking to change or to make happen. And then I go from there. Okay, so this is obviously from what I'm hearing, it's changing your mindset. It's really sort of deep diving into the unconscious part of your mind and really looking at yourself as, you know, what are your limiting beliefs and what are your fears, that kind of thing? Yeah, completely. And I use the different techniques and drills and skills that I use with my contestants in the book, but I beef it up with stories. So there'll be a story about, you know, my childhood or my growing up um, or my business or what's going on right now um, through to using contestants and clients stories as well so it kind of you can relate it back to the idea of the mistake or the lesson um, or you know if you want to call it a failure but then seeing the other side of that that there's always a lesson to be learned so how can there be failure um, and each chapter represents a different kind of piece, which at the end of it, there's a toolkit. So you can take the lessons that have come out of that chapter. You can take them or leave them. It really doesn't matter. But there might be something in there, at least one thing I would think, that's going to land with someone and go, have them going, that's a different way of looking at it. That's a different fresh set of eyes or a different perspective um, of a roadblock that I seem to keep bashing my head up against and I can't seem to get over it. So for, from, um, I think quite, it's quite courageous of you to speak about things like that because I think that when you speak about yourself and some of your you know, failures, and I'm, I'm with you, Michelle, I don't believe in failures. I believe that there is no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. And what are the lessons can, that we can learn from these mistakes? Um, but yeah, it, it sounds, completely. And that's where you grow. Absolutely. That's where you grow, where there's a little bit of pain and a little bit of suffering. You're not alone. Other people have walked this path before and it might feel quite uniquely yours and that's okay. You can own it and accept it. But then from that, there's growth in the learning of what went wrong or why didn't shape up the way you'd hoped for and, you know, you take that with you and you move on. So your book is obviously a book that you would need to read chapter at a time and like digest it because at the end of it, there's an activity for you to do. It's not one of those books where you just read through it, you know, maybe in one day or a whole weekend. It's one of those ones that you actually have to work through. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, look, I've had some people that have said they could put it down and they read it from start to finish. Um, but I would like for um, the reader to 
yeah, take on each chapter and maybe set it down for a minute or two or a day um, and just sort of, I guess, digest that chapter. Some of the chapters will really resonate with someone and they'll do that and then other, others may, maybe not. Um, but it's certainly something that it gets, it gets the reader to actually have to sort of do a bit of an examination on themselves and where they're at and what they want for themselves and, if and, and understanding and accepting that where they are right now is based on the choices that they've made and that's cool. Um, the great news is you can make other choices if you're looking for change. Yeah, and it's, it's that acknowledgement of where you are at right at this point where sometimes people are not conscious of what they need to change because, you know, we are very, you know, I look at it, we're very much an, um, uh, we're species of habits and we are very unconscious at 95% of the time. So we're quite, we're not even aware of the things that we need to change. And I think that that's the first step to creating that shift or that, that shift in mindset. Well, a lot of us just kind of, I guess, are living unconsciously, like going through the motions not really checking in and then are wondering why they're not feeling happy or they're not feeling fulfilled. Um, so this is kind of like a bit of a donk on the head, if you like, asking you to check in with what it is that you, what do you want? What, what would you like to make happen yourself for your life? Whether it be about fitness or whether it be about weight loss or whether it be about your career or your relationship. And that can be quite check in. Check in. <laughs> yeah, checking can be, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, I look at uh, someone like yourself who's, you know, successful entrepreneur, mother, businesswoman, and, you know, even including myself, I find that difficult sometimes to just check in, to pause and stop and think, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What are your techniques? What do you do to, to check in with yourself? Although I, I just straight away know that if I'm not happy, like I, I, I just want to talk about it immediately. If I'm not happy with something, if something's been, you know, bothering me for a bit of time, I want to sit down and discuss it, whether it be with the person that it, the issue is with or whether it be with someone who's close to me that I just want to bounce my ideas off. Uh, I'm a, I, I can't, I wear my heart on my sleeve sort of thing. Like I'm not very good at hiding how I'm feeling. Um, and I, and so I, I want to get to the bottom of it and I want to find a solution. Um, you know, even even down to having Axel, like I, Steve and I decided that we were going to have a baby and we just went, right, let's do this. Um, and, and it's a completely different chapter in my life now. Like I've, I've got a lot of interviewers and journalists asking me, oh, how are you feeling about the fact that you're, you know, you're not training as much as you'd like to be or your baby body, you know, is, is it weighing down on you? And I, I actually sort of think, well, there's parts of me that would like to go back to, you know, the, the amount of training that I was doing, but that's not the chapter that I'm reading right now. The chapter that I'm reading right now is Axel. <laughs> and, and, and that chapter will not ever end by any stretch, um, but the, you know, the moment in time that I'm having right now with a newborn child, that's not going to be forever. And I can get back to, you know, my regular consistent training at, at another time. So it's just accepting, I guess, where you're at. And if you're wanting to make changes, then, you know, make 
make the changes necessary. Like I said to you at the beginning of this interview, I sat down with my, I was just talking with my mum earlier, and um, she said, right, if you do want to get a little bit more consistent training in, then maybe you need to ask for some help. Maybe you need to get someone in that can can mind him. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down now and think about how I can make that happen. Yeah, but it's true. You know, Michelle, it's it's so true. I think that it's about spending the time while you can with Axel while the, while he's little because they grow up oh, so yeah. fast. I mean, my son is twenty one uh, now. Every mother says that to me. Oh. Every mother says, "Oh my God, it goes so quickly. Don't lose it." Does. It. It does. So I think, and I think from what I've heard too from yourself is that you're you're incorporating your workout with Axel. So I think that's beautiful. You're, and that's what I was saying to you before we caught up is just you've found a way to do and keep doing what you're doing with with Axel, which is quite honourable because a lot of people don't do that. And it and it is it's just about it, you know, changing your mindset and making it work for you. Yeah, I mean, I am fortunate I'm able to take, for example, I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm packing up his bottles <laughs> and I've expressed milk. <laughs> and uh, when I'm finished this interview, I'm heading into my office for my weekly meeting. Yeah. And then we're off to a photo shoot. So I can actually, I'm fortunate enough that I can take him with me to all of that. As long as I'm organised and I've got, I've expressed enough milk to go. And um, I've got a little bit of formula for a top up. Yep. Then we're good. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, Michelle. Yeah, what... I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. A lot of ladies wouldn't be able to take their children to work with them, but I can. So true. So true. Mind you, some do, but yeah, you're very, very lucky. So, I was going to ask you before what actually, what was your driver to write this book? Like, I understand you were speaking before about your keynote address, and that's, you know, obviously that's what it kind of came out of that but what was your main driver for you what was that turning point where like, you... yeah um i i kind of i kind of read a little bit of philosophy which probably sounds a little bit strange but i do and uh and i i love the old stoic philosophy where you know they talk about how the lessons, the lessons that we're learning have been learned before in the past and yes, you do need to graze your knees. Well, that's my version. You need to graze your knees or knock your head up against the wall a few times before you can learn the lesson. But sometimes you don't have to go through that much pain if you're prepared to look at who's come before you uh, and learn the lessons from what they were able to glean from it. Uh, and that's not always easy. And it's not always possible. Sometimes you've actually got to go through it yourself before you can register. Okay, that was a good lesson. I've learned that one now. But sometimes, if you're lucky, you can glean a lesson that's come from your forefathers, whether that be your mum or your sister or even reading a bit of philosophy, just learning what's gone before you. Because like I said earlier, you might feel as though your pain is completely yours and unique and nobody understands. And, uh, but the, the, the truth of it is more than likely someone will. There's someone out there that has gone through this. And that's why um, just I link that back to my 12-week body transformation and I find that some of the best uh, parts of that program are the forums where everybody gets in and talks to each other. They may not have ever met each other. In some instances, they do end up meeting each other later on. But they're in the forums and they're talking to like-minded people about like-minded problems and suddenly, just that connection and that communication 
makes a world of difference. They may pick something up that they can go off and use, but sometimes it's just even talking about it. So it's that's why I wrote the book, because I thought if I've got all these great lessons that I've learned personally or that I've learned through one of my clients or one of my contestants, I should share this. And when I've shared it in a team address, my feedback has been awesome. People love it. So that's why I thought, okay, I've got to put this in a book. I've got to get these lessons down and, um, and put it out there. That's fantastic. And obviously they're very relatable and that's why people are connecting with you. And connection, I look at connection when you're speaking about connecting with one another. I mean, that's the number one human need is connection. So you've obviously done that very well where you've had, uh, you know, lots of people connect with you on for different reasons. Yeah, I think I, I think that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest um, factors particularly within my programs, that people get a chance to connect and they don't feel like it's just, you know, only them and no one else can know what I'm feeling, no one else can know what I'm going through. When they start to connect with others and they start to share experiences and share stories, then that connection not only brings about some great ideas and some tips that they can put into their life, but it also gives them a feeling that they're a part of something. That they're not just, you know, out there alone, floating, floating away in the middle of the sea, and not understanding or or getting any kind of a, a grasp on how they can pull themselves out of this problem. Suddenly, they're talking to people that have been there, done that, are still doing it, and that can make such a difference. Such a difference. Absolutely. Sometimes I find that people are afraid to actually be be vulnerable and speak up and share, even with coaching, you know, to, to have a one-on-one conversation. There's this, um, they feel a little bit, because it's, I guess they're speaking about them, themselves, it can be quite uh, confronting for them. So sometimes they kind of stand in the background and just, they connect and listen to other stories, but that in itself can help them inspire and transform form, um, from where they are to where they need to be. Just by connecting exactly. with yeah. others. It's kind of similar to what you know we're doing now. You know, we're discussing, and you probably have plenty of other guests on that have discussed certain topics or certain areas, and it's just sharing those stories and sharing, you know, yes, I've, I fell over several times before I was able to understand how to pick myself up and get back on with it, or I made a business mistake, or I made, a, you know, a, a bit of an error with a relationship and I went back and corrected it. Like the, all of those sort of stories inspire others to go forward and do the same thing. That's right. And it's, they make, all of those things make us who we are today. We have to embrace all of those experiences. So, Michelle, we... Yeah, I mean, gosh, I think back to, uh, you know, when I, in the book, it goes all the way back to when I started teaching fitness classes at 14. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had no idea that, that I'd be doing this kind of thing now, although that being said, I always knew that there was something that I would be doing around helping people and lots of them. I just hadn't quite figured it out yet. But, you know, you think back to all those the things that you've learned, you, you want to share them with people. You want to share them with others. Absolutely. So, Michelle, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Sorry, what was that in, in business, did you say? Oh, yes. With the benefit of of hindsight, what would you oh, have hindsight. done differently in your life or career? 
and oh gosh, well, don't you just love hindsight? <laughs> <laughs> How many times I've had that conversation in my certainly in my business world and even in my private world as well. You know, oh gosh, if only you could have had that hindsight. But that 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 I guess that's the lesson. Yes. If you can look back and see that, and then take that forward with you. But um, what would I have done differently? Oh gosh, I, I'm pretty happy with the way things just played out. I suppose, um, you know, uh, at a private level or at a personal level, you know, and I, this is nothing that I haven't already said before. Um, myself and my ex-husband, my or my ex-business partner as well, we both we both said, you know, we wish that we hadn't spent so much of our energy on the business and neglected our relationship. That was a really big lesson, a really big lesson, and I've taken that forward. Um, we both we both sort of were looking at each other when um, when my marriage or our marriage broke down, and we both sort of said, gosh, we were wringing our hands a little bit, really, because we weren't arguing or or at each other. It was just that we put so much of our, ourselves into the business that we ended up feeling like we were both living with our business partners. Um, so that was a that, that was a big lesson, and there, you know anybody that's listening to this or or um, or reading from the text of this, and they they work with their husband or their partner or their wife or whatever, you know that that for me was a big lesson to make sure that you nurture those relationships and you step out of the business if you're working together and take time to really look after it and tend to it. Um, a business level. Oh, look, I guess just checking, maybe being a bit more thorough with um, strategies and planning, particularly when I start working with others. So I'm a big believer in collaboration. I'm a big believer in, you know, working with other people. But, you know, there's been times when I thought, wow, I wish I'd really checked in on the strategy or on their strategy or whether they even have you know, put together a strategy so that we've got a plan to move forward. There's been times when I thought, yeah, that didn't really work because there wasn't really a strong strategy or a strong plan put together and I should have checked on that. I should have been the one to go in and double-check that and I have to take that on as my, as my mistake or my lesson moving forward. And we've all done that. We've all done that, Michelle. I mean, I'm listening yeah, to you, you do, and I, because I, you I could relate to everything you just said. You get excited and you think, yeah, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And, you know, you put your faith in that someone else is as excited as you are and maybe they didn't do all their due diligence. And then you sort of think, well, I can't, I've got no one else to blame here except myself. I should have been the one that was across that. Yeah, and and it's I guess you know it's more empowering empowering if you if you're accountable for it and you own it and we all do it you know it's it's sometimes it's you know you spend so much time and energy and you get really overexcited and then things don't work out as planned and it's true it's you know maybe it's you know we've we've all done it we've dived in and we haven't planned properly and you know I guess that's yeah. the big biggest lesson for me too but it's planning even in personal life you know um, I think that that's a big thing we tend to plan a lot for work but then we don't take time out to plan to you know have the date nights with your partner or spend the time with your family it looks it's something that I do now but it's only because 
I spent the last oh, probably three or four years just it's work, work, work. And then I was thinking, well, where's my life? Where's my relationship? And and I also work with my partner. So we have to really separate there the business. There you go. Right. Wow. <laughs> yes. No, we have to separate it completely because. You know exactly what I'm talking that's about. That's it. I relate to both of them. That's why I was saying I relate to exactly what you say. And it does it does have an impact on the relationship and it does become a work relationship if you don't make that, uh, you know, plan that, you know, as of Friday, you know, it's date night, Saturday, no talking about work, you know, and you really have to stick to it. Yeah, you do, you do. So, like, I, you know, I've learned that one. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, well, I think this is more of a, more of a quote than anything um, that I try to, to live by. Not always easy, but I do my best. And that is um, an old Socrates quote, quote for goodness sake. Uh, it's an unexamined life is not worth living, which sounds pretty dramatic. Love um, it. But it's not meant to be like, that's it, top yourself sort of stuff. It's, it's more about taking time to check in with what's going on for you, where you are right now, and whether or not things are making you a little disgruntled or things are making you really happy and being able to then tweak your life or tweak your environment in order to either amplify what's making you happy or find a solution to what's not making you so happy. Yeah. So it's just checking in. Absolutely. And I guess that relates back to, you know, everything that I've just sort of said about the book, checking in with where you're at and and getting a handle on it because there's nothing worse than hanging around with someone who's just full of resent. Yes. You know, and I meet a lot of people who are like that. They're really resentful. And I'm talking about, you know, when I'm working with a client or a contestant, they're resentful of their partner or they're resentful of their kids or they're resentful of their environment or they're resentful of their job. And, you know, it's really easy to sort of point the finger and lay the blame elsewhere. But unless you're prepared to be big enough to go, all right, this, the duck stops with me. I'm the one that ultimately has the power. I'm the only one that has the power to change my life and, and make it or turn it in the direction that I want it to go in. I've got to be the one to do that. No one else is going to do it for me. Absolutely. And I, I actually quite often when people are like that, resentful about the external environment, I always say, well, your external environment is a reflection of your inner world. So what's going on inside of you? Instead of turning around and blaming people, how can you look at it and is it, how can you create that change? so that you can see it differently, behave differently, and get exactly those re- results that you want to get. But, it, you know, once again, yes. it's, it's, it's about being accountable. I think you've got to own it first, just like you said. you just got to own it. You do. And yeah. then once you do, the, and the, the, God, the empowerment that comes from that, it's a knock-on effect. Not only are you feeling awesome, but everyone around you feels that too because they can see that you're happy. Absolutely. And it's quite, it's contagious. If you know, quite often, you know, I speak to people that want to change their partners or, or try to change. I'm thinking, you know, you can't change people, but you can change yourself. And that will have almost like a domino effect. You will influence others to want to change because they can see that you're happy, you're bubbly, you're, you know, content with everything. Exactly. Yeah. It starts from, it starts from within. Yes. You've got to be the one to sort of go, all right, 
What's going on here? And that's exactly what this book is about. This book is just, well, I would like to think it's a catalyst or a trigger for someone to sit down and start getting busy with what it is that they want to make happen. So, Michelle, what's the greatest lesson? What's the greatest lesson you have learnt? Um, what's most? What I guess it's what's the most important thing in life. You know, what's most important to you? It's your your work or your business. Uh, isn't going to keep you warm at night. Yeah. You know, the, the most important thing to you, or I would find that most people would answer, usually you really dig deep, it's, you know, your family. Yeah. Yes, true. Well, I can't answer for anyone else other than myself, of course. I'm not going to try and put anyone else. But, you know, that for me has probably been the, the biggest lesson. Like I've sort of gone out there and belted it for the last, 20 years of my life work-wise and I've missed a lot of things. I've missed weddings, engagement parties, um, birthdays, you name it. Um, you know, like there was a time there, I'm sure, where my family were just gave up on asking me to come to events because I was always working. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's... That's, that's a big lesson. Yes, no, I hear you loud and clear. What advice would you give your younger self, Michelle? Probably just that. Exactly, to, uh, yeah. Not go, I mean, look, hey, I, I, I don't regret it. Like, I've, I've had an amazing career, and I still have um, an amazing career. But, um, you know, these things always come with sacrifices, and I guess you've just got to be prepared to make a few, but not make so many that you end up looking back thinking, oh, my God. I completely and utterly let that go or completely and utterly didn't, didn't take care of business in that regard. You know, whether it be relationships or family, um, you know, or, or, or it could be the opposite. That you, you've spent so much time giving to your family and giving to, to those that really mean something to you, which is very honourable and fantastic, but you have failed to to do something for yourself. So it could work both ways, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And Michelle, you've got a very strong and positive mindset. What keeps you up at night? Do you have anything that you worry about at night time? Yes. <laughs> absolutely, God. We've been, I mean, I'm a pretty good sleeper, but there's certainly been nights I've been up stressing about um, my work, about my businesses. Um, and then... Uh, of late, I've been laying awake at night thinking about Axel. Oh my God, you know. No, in the moment, thinking, is he breathing? Getting up and checking. Oh <laughs> and gosh, into, I did the same thing. <laughs> into the future, oh, what's going to happen? And, you know, what school am I going to send him to? Or, you know, how's his life going to pan out? All those but I don't think it's any different than anyone else, really. Are there any tricks or tools that you, you use to, you know, obviously if you're up and you're worrying all night, is there anything that you do to sort of stop worrying about whatever that is? 
I yeah, I look. I, sometimes if it's about business, I I would just say to myself, look, there's absolutely nothing that you can do right now. Like it's three o'clock in the morning, everybody's asleep. So write down whatever it is that you really feel that you need to get on top of tomorrow. Write it down so you don't forget. Because many times I've woke up the next morning and thought, I don't know what I was stressing about. There was something I was up about and I can't remember what it was. Um, or I had this great idea and I can't remember what it was. So I just write it down really quickly and uh, and then go back to sleep. We'll try to go back to sleep. I'm usually pretty good at going back, particularly once I've sort of accepted that there's nothing I can do right now, but I can do it first thing in the morning. I've written it down. I'm not going to forget it now. Go back to sleep. Yeah, I think that's a good idea having, I've got a little notebook everywhere I go just, you know, to empty my head or if I get ideas because I I too myself forget, I might go, this is a great idea and then two days later I completely forget about what my idea was about. Idea. I know it was really good. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. What it <laughs> Absolutely. So, Michelle, we've just got a couple of uh, questions before we wrap up because I know that you've got uh, a gorgeous axle there right beside you. Who has been your greatest influence? Um, oh, look, I've had a few people uh, being great influences on me. I guess in a business sense, I love Jamie Oliver. I think he's amazing. Um, you know, he, he's so passionate and he's so driven and he's so, uh, he shows warts and all. He doesn't try to be perfect. He makes business mistakes um, and he's open about them. I, I really, and it, it, he's, Extremely passionate about a, a greater message. Yes. Uh, at a personal level, probably my my two biggest role models have been my mum and my grandma. They, they, you know, they're both really strong women who have you know been very passionate about what they wanted to do in their life. My mum wanted to be a mum, like she wanted to be a mum. Amazed, like if she could have had, she would have had a football team if she could. <laughs> <laughs> and she was really good at it. So, and my grandmother was quite entrepreneurial and, you know, tried her hand at a lot of things, but they both had, um, they both shared with me a, a good sense of a, a very strong work ethic. Um, and my nan was always of the, she was always saying to me, I don't want you to be that girl that asks what's in it for me. You know, what's my, what do I get out of this? Where's my kickback? I want you to be the girl instead that asks, who can I be? Who can I be to my community? Who can I be to my family? Who can I be to my, myself? Yeah, so obviously it runs in the family. Entrepreneur, strong woman, great mother. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I hope. Yes, you <laughs> in are. Sense, but that's all new to me now, but um, I'm, getting my hand, I'm getting a handle on it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're doing very well, Michelle. So if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would that be? Sure. Um, inclusiveness. I love it. Inclusiveness. It just, I just, when I think about my personal brand as such, I think it, my brand really took off when... I started doing fitness clothing. That's probably, like I do a lot of things now, but when I think about my brand, I always go back to my fitness range. And that was, that was about being inclusive. That was about allowing everyone to, to be a part of health, wealth, wellness, fitness, 
um, that it was, a, it was affordable and that it included all shapes and sizes. We, we go up to size 26, which is unheard of in the fitness fashion world. Yes. That's, that was what it was about. Because, I mean, I was very, very proud ambassador for some very upmarket and high-end fitness clothing lines. And, and I was, I loved it. It was fantastic. But at the end of the day, I was always feeling like I wasn't speaking my truth because, you know, a mum of three kids with a mortgage can't afford a pair of $120 tights. So true. In, so that was kind of where I, I was like, okay, I need to do something which really resonates with me and makes me feel as though I'm making fitness more achievable and more inclusive for people. Yeah, I love it. And it's and really just really when you look at the word inclusiveness, it really does filter throughout your whole your whole brand, really. Not not I think in everything that you do. Thank so, you. That's that's always been the goal. No, it's a good word I like. It's very powerful. So last question. What are three golden nuggets that you would like to give uh, to our listeners? Three golden nuggets I'd like to give. What was that last bit? To our listeners. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I've got a jackhammer out going on out the side. That's okay. <laughs> I just went off because you said listeners. Um, three golden nuggets. Oh, my goodness. I guess the first one has to be consistency. You don't have to be a rock star every single day. You don't have to hit it out of the park every single day. You don't have to turn up to work every day and be, you know, wound up like a spring coil. Um, it's good to do that every now and again but you don't have to be consistently on a high or completely always motivated um, to get things done. You just have to be consistent with just ticking the boxes and getting the small things done every day. Yeah, I like that one. Just show up. I love it. Um, collaboration and inclusiveness. Yes. You know, get, don't, don't feel like you have to be all things to everyone um, or that you can do this all on your own because you can't and and it's more fun doing it with people anyway true but being you know and that that, that reaches from being a mum through to you know, business yeah and I think sometimes people feel guilty if they ask for help I know I know myself I did at the start Asking for help, it's almost like I used to look at it as a sign of weakness when really it's not. It's just it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get somebody to clean your house without feeling guilty or it's okay for exactly. get somebody I, else. I, I, I look at it differently. I see it as a sign of strength. Mm. You know, a real leader knows how to delegate. Absolutely. How on earth can a true leader lead from the front without understanding how to, you know, put the operation together and have people working alongside them. I agree. I agree that now, but I remember at the start years ago, I was feeling guilty that I wasn't being a good mother or a good partner because I was getting somebody else to clean the house, for example. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But then they're going to get a chance to get the best of you. Yes. 
Very true. Oh, it's 10 past 10. I've got to yep. get moving. I'm All right. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your you amazing – you're an amazing woman down to earth. Uh, love you yeah. to bits. And um, we'll uh, have everything on the show notes where people can find you. And have an amazing day. Thank you so much. Bye, darling. Bye. Bye. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.